Man, I've been wanting to talk about this film since I walked out of the movie theater in 1982 with my father, who was crying. Mm. Um, and he was crying because Club Lane got, got beaten. And, and I was going through so many emotions in that movie theater, I just didn't know. And so I just wanted to talk about Rocky and the making of Rocky Three and the mm. context surrounding it, all the weird shit I see going on in that film even now. And uh, I was just so grateful you gave me the opportunity to talk about something I only <laughs> talked to myself about. Welcome to Open Forum. I'm Michael Denzel Smith. The statue is unveiled and the Italian stallion is ready to hang up his gloves for good. But a new challenger, a brash, powerful, loud-talking bruiser, pushes Rocky Balboa to learn some new things, face his fears, and defend his title. This week's film is Rocky III, and it was chosen by Kiese Lehman, author of the award-winning memoir Heavy, essay collection How to Slowly Kill Yourself and Others in America, and the newly re-released novel Long Division. Like, Rocky used to come on TV all the time. And I used to watch it every single time. It was like all five of them, right? When yeah. when it was just five. They used to come yeah. on uh, USA Network. Yeah, always. Always. It was like a Saturday morning. They run a, a Rocky marathon. Oh. <laughs> you sit there and watch them back to back. And like when I was like, I don't know, 11, 12 or whatever, I loved these movies so yeah. much. Me like too. it was just so, it was like. Oh man, yeah, Rocky the underdog, Rocky fighting all these people, Rocky coming back and all this shit. And then get like 15, 16, and I'm watching these movies. I'm like, Rocky just out here beating up on black men all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Pummeling, pummeling, pummeling black men. And I'm just. and you start and I start watching more boxing and I'm like learning learning the sport and I'm like. Rocky shouldn't be winning none of these fights. Nah, bro. Nah. I mean, that's the thing. I know we're going to get into it. But the thing about those Rocky movies, especially three, fam, is like nobody throws jabs. No. And everything you throw, you you connect. Yeah. E- except a few times when Clubber is like throwing wild hooks and he's just missing. But the thing about Rocky is like they changed the rules in boxing and didn't tell nobody, right? Like there's no <laughs> technical knockouts. You got to get knocked the fuck out. You know, so right. you get, the referee is just there. I don't know what the fuck the referee is there But yeah, man, they did clever so wrong, bro. Like, I, 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 I mean, I'm laughing, but it hurts my heart. I feel like that said so much about, like, cinema on its particular trajectory. Mm. And because you had to pick, you know, like, you go into these movies as a little black boy and you're being taught that you're an American. Mm-hmm. And shit, and like you know, Rocky is supposed to be emblematic of like you know the most of American men, yeah, really, American masculinity. And then here, here come this motherfucker, Mr. T, in the beginning of the movie. The movie's kind of trying to tell you like side with Mr. T. Rocky's rich. Rocky doesn't love it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mr. T in his motherfucking apartment, nigga, doing sit ups, nigga, pull ups, nigga, yeah. all that shit. And and so theoretically, we're like, oh, that should be the American hero. But the only difference, only he can't be the American hero. Because the motherfucker is black and got a mohawk. Yeah. Right? You know why you can? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. You got your shot. Now give me mine. Because that's the thing about the first two Rocky movies is that like everything that that Clubber Lang is in the in Rocky Three, 
Rocky was, right? Like, that's what we was cheering for. Exactly what you were just saying. We was cheering for him coming up from nothing. Like, right, like him bare bones and all of this. And, like, Clubber Lang does exactly that, but yeah. in a black man's body, right? right. And, and, right. and with, a, with an attitude, right? right? Like, no, I deserve this. I, yes. I earn this. And, but, but what we're supposed to do is in this way is be like, well, Rocky was fighting for the right reasons, right? Like Rocky was fighting for his own sense of pride and, and sense of being and belonging and his family and all of this stuff. And Clubber comes in, it's just him, right? Like he, he's not thinking about anybody else. He's selfish, right? Like he's arrogant. It's like, no, they got the same story. Same story, bro. But what's interesting to me, Mike, is like, you know, we're writers, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just like, I hate sometimes when we like use hyperbolic language, so I'm not gonna use the word I want to use. But imagine creating a character like Club Lang, and here's your here's your primary character. And as you say, you've already created these other narratives. Club Lang, in some ways, a you know, as you say, black version, in some way, of Rocky. But the difference is, my G, Clubber gets no backstory. We know that this nigga's from Chicago. We know that this nigga says he trains alone. He, you know, he lives alone. We know that he lives in an apartment because that's where he want to take Adrian back to when he's trying to get Rocky to fight him. You know what I'm saying? But we don't know shit. We don't know nothing else about this nigga's backstory. And that's the only way that fucking movie can end with Clubber holding his head after having lost. You know, it's supposed to be a third fight, my G. The only way you can have the audience not want a third fight is you can't fucking, like, give any characterization to that character. Because if you give characterization to the character, we're going to be wanting to know what the fuck happened to him. Yeah. But you can't. They just created, literally, a nigga archetype to counter not just Rocky, but to counter the other nigga archetype they created in Apollo, right? Which was yeah. the big mouth nigga, right? Now, here's the brute nigga, but the big mouth nigga at least had a backstory. Just brutal, bro. Just brutal filmmaking, bro. So, yeah, that was the thing that stuck with me because, like, I, I, I watched it in preparation for for this conversation twice right like i've i've seen it so many times and then watched it twice just recently and i was like who is clubber and i'm like on wikipedia and they got this whole backstory on wikipedia he was an orphan he was in juvie he went to prison for five years and he went into boxing for like to let out his frustrations i'm like None of that is in the movie. None of that is in the movie. This nigga just appears. An orphan who went to prison for five years? Yes. But we don't know any of that. We don't know any of that. In the the movie, none of that is there. And so I'm just like, okay, so how does Clubber exist? Like, why does Clubber exist? What is his motivation here? And it's just like you're saying, he's just a nigga archetype, right? Like, he's just, oh, we need a bad guy in this movie, right? Like it is. Oh, oh it's terrible storytelling. Oh my god! Like the, <laughs> like listen in in situating Rocky three within the Rocky series, right? Like remember Rocky two. It's one. It's the same. It's the same basic story, right? Rocky right. about to retire. Rocky <laughs> need one, need one more fight, right? <laughs> but in in Rocky two, he had the problem with his eye. And that's the reason he's going to retire. And he, like, if, oh, if you fight one more time, like, the retina or whatever, yeah, you're right. going to go blind. You get to Rocky 3, they start with the end of Rocky 2, and then he's a, he's a celebrity, then he's defending all his fights. My nigga, when did he get surgery to fix the <laughs> eye? 
Rocky, you know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back out my command and break. Now go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. Dead meat. Ew, when you said that, I'm like, I don't even think they brought the surgery back up after Rocky IV when Drago gives him brain damage. No. They that back up again. No, all. it just fixed. It just healed. He just, yeah. We're just we're supposed to think, oh, it's, it's the same. It's he's good now. You think Apollo even would have brought that? Like, that's like a line. Like, how's your eye doing? It's okay, it's all right. You know, like something, something, brother, like something to nod to, like continuity <laughs> with the story, right? Yeah. Like it, it like, never happens. Did he do? You said Rocky directed Rocky three. He directed. He didn't direct the first one, but I think he directed all the other Rocky movies, right? Uh-huh. So, so two, three, four, five, and then that Rocky Balboa movie that he did, right. like. He's right. old as shit and yeah. did that that one. I think he he did he directed all of those and he wrote all of them. He wrote he even wrote the right. first one. Wow! So it's his story. Like he knows. Like, like or at least he and, got. And you know, I think the bigger question for me is like, I mean, it's not. I mean, we know the answer now, but like, why we want to root for Rocky against Flubber, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like because of everything you said, it's like. And, and, and as, a, as a young person, bro, like, I was with my father. I, I, was, I wasn't with my father a lot. I remember we was up in VA, ironic, we talking. Mm. And we went to see that shit. We went to see that movie, fam. And at the time, I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Bro. And I just felt, I kept feeling this affinity to Clubber. And, like, when he spoke. And, you know, at the time, bro, like, that mohawk was fresh. I mean, it was so fresh that, like, you knew you couldn't rock that shit because your mom and daddy and them were going to let you go. <laughs> But like nigga, that shit nigga had the, he had style, and but then his lines, bro, like his lines were just. It's like in uh, Black Panther when uh, old boy goes to Wakanda, and the, and the filmmakers want to make you know he's evil because yeah. I don't know he's evil, so yeah. fucking T'Challa can be I, right, you know, so start growling and shit all of his lines. I'm like, well, why is this nigga growling every time, bro? And then Apollo to beat to beat this nigga, Apollo has to treat Rocky how to fight. Like a nigga, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. So we take you to motherfucking. I think they go to L.A. right to the to the gyms where like Apollo. They go. They go to Tough Gym. Tough Gym, literally, <laughs> all sweaty niggas up in there with Jerry curls. With Jerry curls, and thank God you got Paulie saying the racist shit. So right. Like acknowledges racism, kinda. And then all of a sudden, in a second. They're all like, "Hey, fellas, come over here. Look at the Italian stallion." And then they're like, "Hey, man, you like touching this shit." But the motherfucker, it's so crazy they had to get Apollo to teach this white nigga to fight like the black niggas. Like, that's the movie, bro. Yeah. Literally that's- in the fight, in, in the last fight with Clubber, one of the announcers says, We've never seen Rocky like this. He looks like Apollo Creed. It's crazy <laughs> that they said that shit, bro. And, but to me, it's like it has all the ingredients for what could have been, to me, fam, like dynamic storytelling. Like even when he pushes, when Apollo, when when Creed pushes Apollo, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a lot there. Like they don't go into that, but like if you didn't want to talk about his backstory, I think you gotta let you gotta let Clubber talk a little bit more about what he thinks about Apollo. Right? Because that nigga thinks he's a fucking sellout ass simp. Like we can see that. You know, yes. turn your back to me, motherfucker. He's like, don't turn your back to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Apollo's still in shape. And as we learned in Rocky Four. Apollo still got that ambition. I just think they could have done so much more with that, man. 
They could have done so. Like, they, I, honestly, when they said that, when the announcers say that he looks like Apollo Creed in that last fight, I'm like, why isn't this Apollo versus Clubber? That's the question. Why isn't this right now Apollo <laughs> versus Clubber? That's the fuck. Like, to me, that's like, to me, the future of the race rests on that fucking question, my <laughs> G. Like, why the fuck could we not have the two much more dynamic athletes, performers, with more lush p- potential for backstory lines? Why couldn't they? Like, that's the question. And even even as these things have gone forward, I, I love the Creed series. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in why Creed was chosen and not Club. And I think that it has so much to do yeah. with what we know about, like, not just anti-blackness, but, like, you know, deep, deep hatred of poor, poor black motherfuckers. He's just another fighter. No, he ain't just another fighter. This guy is a wrecking machine, and he's hungry. Hell, you ain't been hungry since you won that belt. And that's the thing, right? Like, the the Creed movies, like you said, I love I loved the Creed movies, love what Michael B. Jordan and, and Tessa yes. Thompson have been doing with the, with those movies. Um, but, you know, he he's, he's poor first, right? And then, like, Apollo's wife adopts him, and then it's like then he sees he's privileged in all all these material ways and all of this stuff, and then he needs to prove himself and all and all of that, and like make this connection with his father that he's never known and all of that. But it but it's like okay, there's an anti poverty streak here in which it's it, but but it's like the the anti poverty, but also like or anti poor folks, I should say, definitely, but. Then a romanticizing of it in in this in a similar way, right? Where it's like in Rocky Three, what does he have to do? He's got to go to, he's got to go to the hood, right? Like he's got to right. he's got to live. Like he's he's making all his money now. No, he's got to go back to his roots, and he's got to you know what I mean. And it's like, oh, poverty makes you tough. Poverty gives you grit. Poverty makes you survive. And it's like that's some real head fuck of the like capitalist yes. machine working yeah. on you and which is just saying to you no you you don't want to aspire to to that material safety right like yeah. what you want is to keep that grit right like you want to be able to do that you don't actually want to be one of those people like there's yeah. a like rocky three is just montages it just like that's <laughs> the entirety of it and then they get there there's like a montage of just like poor folks out on the street yeah. Like folks who are destitute, people who who are desperate, and you just look and it's just sad, right? Oh, look at all these people, and but but it, they serve as a tool for Rocky to be able to find his own inner strength and his core yeah, to be yeah. able to then. <laughs> and they sleep. We've said that I was remembering. They're sleeping in like little tiny ass, not like hotel rooms, right? Like yeah. All these- Paulie don't have a sheet. He's sleeping with a newspaper over him. You know, they set that up so Rocky and Adrian, Adriana can have, like, their moment, whatever. Like, in poverty, supposed to take us back to Rocky 1. Um, but it's also interesting to me, like, how the black man, like, the bombastic black man, mm-hmm. Apollo Creed, he has to take Rocky back there. And ultimately, it's a buddy movie, right? Like, so, they, yeah. you know, it's, so, it's, it's mad homoerotic. You yeah. know, these niggas is running in the water. There's all these shots of crotches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they start hugging each other in the water and shit. So yeah. it's almost like not only did this black nigga teach him how to fucking fight by going to the hood and, and being like poverty stricken, kinda. Like, it's like 
the love of a black man is the only thing that can teach you how to beat a black man. You know what I mean? Like, he has to love fucking Apollo and be loved by Apollo to beat this other bad black man. And, yeah. And, and love him. Which only makes sense if, by the logic of the film, which is like, somehow Clubber's entire life is over after this, after this defeat. And if that's true, you got to give me some backstory for me to understand why this nigga who worked his entire life is now just fucking, oh, I got knocked out by Rocky, I'm done. I'm that's done. what he's supposed to believe. That, he's done. He's that's done. It. Right? Makes no sense, bro. And it's not even it's not even beneficial to a script. Like I, I I'm talking so much shit about this movie because I love it, <laughs> but I hate that I love it. You know, yeah. I love it because I love those videos. I love the montages. You know, I love watching niggas work out to move to, to music. Yeah. Um, but even it's crazy too, fam. When you say that, like how even Clubber got more back. Clubber got less backstory than Drago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is the reason they could do a Creed 2 because Drago had some backstory. We know he had a wife. We know he was fucking being manipulated by the Russians. You ain't got none of that shit for Clubber. They don't feel like they need it, right? Because the, you, the you way... Know niggas, you know niggas. Niggas mad. Clubber Lang mad. Mad nigga. Exactly. Mad nigga. Right. Exactly that. Exactly that. It just it feels like... Yeah. Clubber... Justice for Clubber Lang, man. Justice for Clubber Lang. They have to make Rocky into this figure who we have to believe is able to win these fights, right? And so when when they're when they're training, and uh, you know you mentioned they they work out, they're running on the beach, and you know Apollo's beating them every time, right? But then they they do that one where he he has to win because we got to believe he's got the speed now, he's got the agility, he's got the rhythm that Paulie said he could because you can't train him like a colored fighter because he's got no rhythm, <laughs> right? But you have we have to have that triumphant moment before they can jump in the water together, and one the struggle face on Sylvester Stallone as he is running. Is the funniest thing in the world to me. Ooh, struggle <laughs> struggle face. But then, even as it slowed down, you can see where Carl Weathers lets up. Because he, <laughs> you can see exactly the moment. 100%. It's like Carl wanted us to know. <laughs> I'm going to beat this white boy. Because he just. <laughs> his, face, his face ain't you know that's that's where you can see it his face is mad slap right like yes um it looked like he let him win it looked like he let him win. he had to because there's nothing about, like there's nothing about him that's remarkable enough as a boxer to win any of these fights right like the thing that we get to with rocky in the previous movies and especially in this one right like the first strategy for him to win is to adopt apollo's uh style right like he's moving he's countering he's like he's sticking and and countering and all that stuff like he's got the footwork down but then what does he do halfway through the second round he switches to his style and what's his style get his head knocked in So the, the the thing that's special about Rocky is that he can take all these punches. And sure. and it's like 
to 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 sort of I don't know how I want to say this exactly, but it's as if this like the idea of white masculinity needs to believe that it is capable of taking all those punches, right? Like that it is capable of withstanding all this punishment and right. rising above it. Right, right. And this lies completely to me in the face of like what radical tender love looks like, right? This notion that you will recover, take another blow, you will recover. And right, I mean, it's interesting though, right? Like the movie kind of, I mean, the, the series kind of says, no, you, you don't recover. You go back to your origins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it tries to take CTE and stuff into consideration. But even the way it takes into consideration, I think it's just so, it's just so bogus, bro. It just left us with so many tropes. That's why I was so happy that the 90s and the late 80s and 90s came where, like, the anti-heroes became the heroes. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this movie was, like, a little bit before that. You know, like, if this movie, It was, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was before... We could laud Clubber Lang as so, so. So Mr. T had to become like a real good guy with yeah Hulk Hogan, right? He couldn't right. just be our good guy, you right. know. Because because yeah. that's the thing I thought about as Clubber Lang. I was like, no, I want to root for Clubber Lang the same way that I want to that everybody wanted to root for the Georgetown Hoyas, right, or it's the Oakland right. Raiders, or yeah. the Bad Boy <laughs> Pistons, right? Like he is exactly that like he's he's brash he knows that he's the best right like he doesn't care like like all of this shit he flies in the face and he says to rocky on those steps as they're unveiling the, the statue he's like they don't want me to be champion he said it that, yeah I, I, don't, don't, there, there are these lines in these mid-80s movies where i'm like these whack-ass white writers i don't know if they know what they're letting these motherfuckers mm-hmm. say right because that speech fam there's a lot, and, and, and I just want to add another thing that Clubber is because I think we have to grant these characters with shit that these other white fucking writers don't really even see. Mm. Like he's 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 savvy, fam. Like you know, yes. like I, it, it's a very short, tiny second. But I like when Rocky's up there about to get his statue revealed, and they show for a second Clubber like moving moving the crowd. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I think what we focus on is when he gets there. But he's moving, you know, he's moving, which means. That nigga, you know, pre-scene, he's going in there being like, this is my only shot. Yeah. I can't fucking face this dude, like, like fairly. The only way I can... And then this is what we got to talk about. The only way he gets Rocky is to say to Adriana... Yeah. I know you want to fuck me. Yeah. In my apartment. Yeah. Oh, and then Rocky's like, oh, you want to... You know, like, 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 it's so basic. Like, he's not fucking with Rocky. Rocky's not fucking with this dude until he's like... I want to have sex with that white woman who you have sex with in yeah. my apartment. Yeah. Now, that's the funniest part to me, right? It ain't, it ain't no townhouse. You know, you fucking, I don't know how much money you made, but like, come on down my apartment. And so, you know, but like, yeah, I mean, that, that shit defies analysis because it's so, it's just so right there. It's right there. It's right there. Right. Come on, come on. Get your head on your shoulders, man. Think about the fight. Think about the fight. Clubber Lang's in here. He's trying to hurt you, Rock. He's trying to hurt you. Okay, here he comes. Jeff, he's Jeff. He's dead! He's trying to hurt you! You gotta fight him! You gotta move! With the way that Adrian serves, is like she's she's come so far. Like she's out of her shell now. She she basically did speak in the first Rocky. <laughs> right. 
But like he need like, and this is the thing. Like he needs one. He needs the tender love of this woman. He needs the tender love of this black man, right? Like he needs all of these things to support him to be able to overcome all of this. And there's no real acknowledgement on his part that he needs these people. Right. Right. Like, like everything is self-contained for Rocky. Like he's not, he's not saying like, Oh, Adrian, like is, is the, the, the one thing that helps my emotional like health and well being, or that like hugging Apollo means anything to me. Like, no, it's all self-contained. It's the, it's just the myth of white masculinity perpetuating itself over and over. And, and I think that the movie even like tends to that myth even more than I thought when we think about um Paul, what's not Paulie but uh what's the trainer's name Mickey yeah because right? Mickey Mickey I mean there's so much there but Mickey is pretty much like look here white American dream can't fight ass nigga I've been carrying you bro. carrying like, him and then Rocky's like setups and then Mickey's like no not setups yes motherfucker yes. setups. That's what I'm giving your ass. He fought bums. He fought bums. 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 He'll kill you. He'll knock you to the moon, Rock. Like, he's letting this white motherfucker know, fuck, you've been coasting, bro. Like, and like, these motherfuckers made you. I'm the fucking trainer. My job was to make sure your white ass did not get destroyed. This black nigga over here will knock your ass to yesterday. Let's get the fuck up out of here. Rocky, like, oh, you know, like, one more, man. One more. One more, one more, Mickey. It's just, it's just all there, fam. I just think like the the the, the residues of Empire. I don't know if I've seen a movie more like mm. over or series. You know, what I'm seeing a series of movies. Yeah. That- like illustrate that shit like rock and i think it, you have to think about it in the context of when this movie comes right like it's 1982 it is the dawn of the reagan era right and it's exactly what brings reagan to power is this idea no we did this by ourselves we 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 have to reclaim america for ourselves we have to we have to beat back and like you if you think about it in that context you think about like clubber essentially being like an embodiment of black power right like the black power era and then being like no we gotta beat we have to beat that back we have to it's going to overtake us we have to take it out run with that bro that shit right there yes i mean when you say it i'm like what else could it be i never i never thought about that's that, it. That's, that's it's, it it's like look apollo is a good black man right like one he let us beat him, right? right. <laughs> like we we just we just barely beat him one, right. right? Like by a second, and then right. and then he's like, you know, Rocky's a great fighter. He's the greatest. Rocky's the best, right? Like, and he he'll even step in to help train Rocky and all of this stuff. Yeah. So Apollo is an acceptable. Apollo is acceptable black politics, right? Like we can we can we can assimilate him into all of this. He's got the right suits, he's got the right like mustache, all of that shit. Right? Like he is he is presentable, he's acceptable, we can take him in. But what we can't do, that nigga with the mohawk, all that all those gold chains, all of that, we can't we gotta beat that back. It's a threat to everything that we stand for. And, and, and when you say that, fam, I'm like, it's, it's also because the few times he gets the mic, he tells the truth. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. when, when he's being interviewed on that TV, you know, he's like, 
you know, it's not it, it, this. This isn't a. This isn't a. This isn't a fucking challenge. Talking about that bomb Apollo Creed, I'm gonna get him next time. You know what I mean? I'm gonna train even harder. You know, like he's he he don't lie. He don't lie in the film. No, which is never. which is, but 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 see, like as a writer, that's how I know you don't give a fuck about the character. You know what I'm saying? Whenever whenever people present these motherfuckers who like backstory, particularly folks of color, and they are pure, whatever the fuck, like don't lie. Like the lie is when you get to see the character start to break and like, reveal something. This nigga don't lie about shit, you know? Which is like interesting, but also like ter- that's why I just it's just terrifying as a writer, bro, because he's so rich. Like just get this mm-hmm. motherfucker one scene. One scene where he's talking to his, you know, his his manager. Who like whenever he's like, ah, ah, and that's when you know club about to hit me most <laughs> You know, like just have him talking to him, but nah, nah, bro. Like if I ever got my money right, I'm I'm doing something with Club and Lane, bro. I don't know if it's a Club and Lane novel or fucking film no. or series or something. Do you know? it. I would I would love that. I would love that. You're so killing much. me with that black power, bro. Like that's it. That was I mean, at that time, that's exactly what that was. That's exactly what that was. Exactly what it was. Yeah, say what's one lasting image that sticks with you from Rocky Three? The most lasting image, I'm gonna be honest with you, fam, is when Clubber Lang is during a montage. <laughs> Clubber Lang is running, he got on sweatpants, he got on like a Nike uh uh like we call it a muscle shirt, and the sweatpants tight, and he just running down some, you know, some little narrow alleyway and he just punching. But his fucking thighs is just like boom, pulsing, you know, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. For me, that's the image, fam. Like, to me, that's the image that was like, as a writer, I'm like, oh, that character running out there in that like flashy, flamboyant looking shit, throwing punches with a mohawk. I just need to know what that nigga talks about in private, mm-hmm. right? Like, because that image is just so welcoming, but they just leave it out there to be tantalizing. So for me, it's when he's jogging, doing like punching the air, um, running down that street. Yeah. Kese, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Michael. I have fun, bro. Appreciate this. Thanks for listening to Open Forum, a podcast from Lit Hub Radio, produced by Justin Alvarez and hosted by me, Michael Denzel Smith. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe to Open Forum wherever you get your podcasts, and or sign up for the Lit Hub newsletter to stay up to date on our latest episodes. Next week, two sisters learn to grieve by cleaning up crime scenes. 